if you are like the, the, the man or the woman that's running your um, business, you have to realize that your thoughts, your ideas, your communication carries more weight than anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Trevor says something to do something at Carrot, people are going to like be like, oh, I got to do it because, you know, that's what the CEO wants. Mm-hmm. Right. So just know that. And so like ask them to speak first. And then if you disagree, coach them, but hear them first because mm-hmm. they might have better thoughts than you. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Carrot Cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, y'all? So we're in, in studio again. And we've got the camera over there. So all of you on YouTube, uh, what's up? If you're listening to the, the audio version of this podcast, I've got a special guest with me, as always, but a different special guest, someone internally in Carrot, but not just someone, he's my number two here at the business. And so uh, when we do Carrot Camps, that's something that we'll talk about quite a bit, where people will say, you know, I'm the founder, uh, how do I find that integrator? How do, how do I find the number two? Um, and so we're going to talk about our journey, uh, yep. and I'll introduce you guys to Alex. And once again, I, I urge you guys, if you're listening to the podcast version, go to YouTube uh, or go to carrotcast.com. Um, find this episode or just click our YouTube channel and you'll find the one uh, with Alex and I. But uh, before I introduce Alex, y'all, I want to kind of give a little bit of context for, um, for number one, why we're here and also how, how we got here. Uh, so as, as entrepreneurs... Uh, as, as the founder, oftentimes, you know, the founder is kind of the higher quick start. Oftentimes the founder is the person who is the visionary, has some ideas and they get the thing going. But what happens with all of us is we end up uh, kind of getting a little bit in over our heads, right? We, we like the, the startup phase. We like the idea part of it and we're fine with that. But then we leave a bunch of loose ends hanging. We, we start things and, and that gives us energy of the start. But then as you start to go into the building of the maintaining of the running of the, of the thing... Uh, oftentimes our energy goes down uh, there. And one of the biggest things I'll see in common with people that get two, three, four years into business and end up flaming out or switching focuses, like we talked about it here at Care Camp, um, is I, I call it the, the, the three-year turn and burn cycle, is you got out of the startup phase and then three, four years in, all of a sudden that excitement goes away. You didn't figure out how to get the business running uh, or have someone plug someone in to do that with you or for you. And so then you go start something else. And you took all that momentum that you had with that new business and then you got distracted with opportunity number two, opportunity number three. And then you're on this every two to four year turn and burn cycle. You can never figure out why you can't crack through a ceiling. You can never figure out why you can't finally scale a company. And it's actually probably what we're going to talk about today. It's finally finding someone who can be the end of your yang to grow the company, to run the company, so you can continue, continue to do the things that you're the best at and bring in someone else who gets that energy. So without further ado, uh, welcome on the on the Carrot Cast, Alec. Is this really like your first this legit is. time? Yep. I know we've talked about it over the years. I know so I we've know had why a couple of them. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, Trevor. So, so guys, <laughs> I, want, I want you guys, um, you know, through YouTube and, and through podcasts to meet uh, Alex Nurbach. He's... Uh, we'll kind of go into the story there. Sure. You know, we, we go way back. I didn't just put on, on LinkedIn or on <laughs> indeed.com looking for a you know director of operations or a COO or anything. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to give a lot of hope for people who are, who are like, well, shoot, 
I don't have the budget to go out. I'm a five man show and I don't have the budget to go out and hire a COO title or mm -hmm. um, where do I start? Maybe our company's not big enough for a COO. We'll kind of walk through the path that we took. But yep. uh, Alex, why don't you kind of dive into, first of all, let's set the stage. What do you do at Carrot today? Like what, sure. do, you, what do you do? What's your job look like? Yeah, so uh, run operations. Um, to me, that's you know people, profit, process, uh, all the things that are like cost centers or you know the day-to-day -day of, of running a business. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that might sound nebulous to some people, but um, you think about all the, the meetings and strategic planning and data and um, I don't know, all the process that you have to run and continually update, uh, keep in sync, make sure everybody's on the same page, communication's going out, timing, all that stuff, and you just need somebody kind of keeping track of all that. So mm -hmm. uh, that weighs down a lot of people. I know a lot of people like hate being on meetings or hate, you know, certain aspects of business. And for the weird uh, minority of us out there, we actually <laughs> enjoy that. So you got to find somebody who is uh, fired up by that kind of stuff. And dude, we'll, we'll dive in because that wasn't the role that you started here. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's a learning lesson for me as an entrepreneur too that we'll talk about, yep. about not selling your dreams into somebody else. Because I've done that a couple of times with Jen. We talked about that on the <clears throat> executive assistant episode. So we'll link that one up for you guys. Um, and I think I did it a little bit with you too early on. Like, hey, I like marketing. You should probably like marketing too. So let's bring you in on that side. Well, yeah. I mean, like even going back to the beginning. So uh, the 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 story i guess is i had a we both trevor and i both went to uh, college in oregon tech shout out oregon tech and Klamath falls yeah, yeah. hustling owls hustling owls and um a couple years apart and we had a mutual acquaintance and um it was my going into my senior year uh i knew i wanted to do something in like technology something website related you know i was at the time like experimenting with wordpress websites mm -hmm. like putting them on for my family like was really geeking out on that and made a connection through the parnell family and did an internship. Yep. So I was the first uh, intern before Carrot was Carrot, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, Carrot hadn't quite spun up yet. Trevor was like uh, doing entrepreneurial things in other uh, areas. And then I went and did a sales job for a water filtration company, which taught me a lot. Uh, I don't like sales. Um, and then he said, yeah, come back. And I had a marketing degree. So like, it only made sense mm -hmm. to you know do marketing with your yeah. marketing degree. And uh, I remember the exact moment or like the, uh, the catalyst for that conversation. We had went to uh, a Russell Brunson mastermind mm. in Boise. We're in the hotel room and you're just fired up with like all these ideas and you're like, we're like ideating and stuff. And I was like, man, I got to be honest, like <laughs> this is overwhelming. And like all yeah. this marketing stuff, I was like, I don't know if I'm the guy, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm like the one to execute all this marketing stuff. And I remember you being like, well, there's some value here. Like, what do you, what do you like? What do you like see yourself doing here? And I was like, I just love like the business side of like everything. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. let's explore what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the, I remember the, there's like three or four milestones in my time here at Carrot. And I remember that being like a pretty important one. Dude. So I, I, I remember that com conversation vividly now, Yeah. but it's interesting looking back because I don't think I probably had the, had the realization at that point that that was, I knew materially we were talking about shifting your role, but um, it was it's cool hearing now that you had that epiphany yourself, right? Yeah. That the, you had the chance to, to touch on sales and touch on marketing, which is really good and valuable because uh, for when I brought you in, I needed someone to help execute marketing, mm -hmm. right? We, we didn't, we weren't big enough to need an operations person. Right. We, at that time when you came in I and mean, we were probably less than 10 people or oh, yeah. definitely were. Yeah. Like four of us. <laughs> yeah. So there's no operations there. Like yeah. I'm, I'm operations at that point. Right. Yep. And then Jen, my assistant ran a lot of the kind of logistical yep. type of things. So yep. 
anything HR related. Uh, she would just anything, everything that I would adopt, it would just fall off onto her mm-hmm. if I didn't want to do it or couldn't do it. And so you can run, you can run like that for a period of time. So if you're an agent or an investor and you're, you know, listening to this and you're going, well, how does this apply to me when you're a company with, you know, 50 or so employees and you're a tech company, how does this relate? Well, it relates big time because pretty much every company that I can think of, there's probably some anomalies, but uh, pretty much every company I can think of, if you're, if you have four or five, six, seven, eight employees, the same types of things have to go into your business to be able to help you as the founder get in your sweet spot and then have someone else come into that. So uh, you guys have probably heard of the book, oh, was it Rocket Ship or something like that? That's They talk about the integrator. I think it's Marcus mm-hmm. Buckingham. So that that phrase, the integrator, comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And whenever people are, I'm in masterminds and they're like, oh, what's the biggest problem I have? And it's always like, I don't can't find an integrator. Where are the integrators at? Oh, you need an integrator. Like that comes up half the time, half the conversations. And that's always the big mystery is where do we find the integrators? Right. So in, the, in this case, it was kind of cool. He came in as an intern. Um, I think your integrator is the person, and I want to toss it over to you kind of, get your perspective but i think an integrator for me is the person number one they can get stuff done you trust them with with anything they're a high follow-through um but they have enough of the visionary part of it to where they can cast vision they can connect the vision they're not just blinders on give me a checklist and get stuff done um so it's definitely a unique person they've got to be driven um they have to be able to grow fast if the company's Mm going to grow and we'll talk about that here in a bit Uh, is there anything else that pops up for you, Alex, that the integrator should likely have? No, I mean, you got it pretty well pegged. Um, you know, they have to be, I think there's like this need to achieve and be ambitious with, you know, and it can't all be task driven. Mm. So there needs to be like, a, like you said, like um, they have a desire to grow. Like I even have a little bit of like the entrepreneurial bug in me, mm-hmm. but it's not so like ravenous where I'm like, you know, just going off and doing all like chasing all these ideas. So yeah, I mean, for me too, like anybody that's listening, I would say find a personality test that you really resonate with and then go find like the yin to your yang Mm -hmm. on that. So like, I'm a big fan of Enneagram. I know there's Colby. I know there's disc. I know there's Myers-Briggs, like go find one that you can like really understand yourself Mm -hmm. and then see where you're deficient or weak and then find somebody who's like the perfect counterbalance to that. And you know, more than likely uh, if they have that integrator if that's what you're looking for, um, just find one that will kind of balance against that. Mm-hmm. And you'll have at least a, a, a good idea of like how the personalities will match up as you scale. Dude, let, let's kind of dive into, the, into that part of it because um, I, I think we get along pretty good. But there's there's friction every now and then, which sure. there has to be. Yeah. Right. So um, let, let's let's touch on that. Let's let's kind of go through the years. Anything that pops <laughs> up for you or any any big pivotal moments or even if it's specific combos or or anything that annoys the crap out of you that I do. Let's kind of touch on that <laughs> stuff. So which is probably a long list. Um, what, what are some of the things that you can remember over the years being uh, being spots where there was friction that we had to work through? Um, or what are some of the things that me as a founder do that maybe have bugged you and and, you know big time in the past but you've 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 learned how to deal with now or vice versa that have bugged you we've we've then i've addressed them and changed it's a broad topic but sure let's talk about friction between the integrator and the sure and the 
entrepreneur? Oh, that's a great question. Um, let me share a couple stories and then uh, tie it into to that. Uh, I just like sharing stories. So yeah, I remember uh, when back when we were doing a lot of the marketing, uh, you'd be on like webinars mm -hmm. and you know we'd be like messing with the order form behind the scenes. It has like Trevor's like about to go into the pitch and like he'd be up at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, like getting his slide deck and me as the like, you know, integrator and like very much tasked and I'm like, come on, man, like we got to hit these deadlines. So I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> logging on at like seven in the morning, just freaking out. So, I mean, we worked through that without, I mean, I look back on it now and I like laugh and I think, man, that was really fun. Right. Yeah. There were the times it was stressful, but it's oh, it fun. There, there were times literally, yeah, where I don't want to put you on blast. No, you're good. Man. <laughs> Any that's open. There were times literally when, when I was starting the webinar yep. and this is probably one of those moments where yep. I'm like, I didn't get all the, the slides last slides done. done or the order for or the offers not even yeah, the offer wasn't even done and so the webinar had to start and i'd have five slides at the end that weren't even finished and i was literally going oh shoot the webinar starts in 15 minutes and this is going to take me 35 minutes to get these done but i can type up in 15 minutes to slack message to alex what i want done in slide 42 mm -hmm. 45 46 and i'm just going to hope by the time i get there that it's done and, and what i thought and so i would send it through to him and it, i think this goes into you know, the traits that you want to look for in someone mm -hmm. too, that, that I think your integrator should be, should be as calm as possible under pressure. Um, and those pressures can change as the company grows. We can even talk about that and mm -hmm. on the growth path you've been on lately. Um, but yeah, in those moments, like me as the entrepreneur, I think I kind of thrive under that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it's taken me years to realize that most people don't, and actually people, a lot of people crumble under that. And so you want to make sure that your integrator doesn't. So if you're working with if you're working with someone to figure out, are they going to be a fit to this? Um, you can either purposefully run them through really crazy, tough tests like that, mm -hmm. or just see how they react to stuff that comes up like that. Can they act quickly? Can they take on and shift priority if they need to and make the thing happen that you need to make the thing make, need to make happen and, and not just have, have to have full direction for everything, but you can give them outcomes and you can see them drive it to fruition and go, okay, that was 99.5% exactly the way that I would have done it. Or it doesn't matter, it got done. Right. So that's a biggie. Um, do what, what else? Let's go um, down the list, man. Because the uh, reason I want to do it is because it's, it's going to, uh, people listening to this going, oh my gosh, oh, that's, me, that. that's me, that's me. If Trevor can find someone who is amazing here, I can too. So yeah. what are some of the other things? Um, I mean, I think this is just classic, like high quick start entrepreneur, but like there's no shortage of ideas, mm -hmm. right? And I think too, you'll have like a backlog of ideas. And mm -hmm. so like there's these planning cadences that will come up in a business annually or quarterly or whatever. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it can just feel like overwhelming in terms of like, we got to do that. We got to do this. We got to do that. But we got to hire here and we got to, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not saying no to any of it. I'm just saying like, no, not right now. And like, can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. we, can we like just pause on this for a second? And I know for like, entrepreneurs you're like oh man this guy's dragging me down or like yeah i i see it there's the budget like we just gotta unlock it we gotta go mm -hmm. and so that time like at times i know like there's been like friction and rubs where i'll like get off uh, offline or whatever after the day i'm just like man it just seems like i can't keep up and blah 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 and i mean even, i'm fine talking to two about like my journey through stress mm -hmm. and like how that's changed over the last year i used to be very uptight anxious like stressed out like it was affecting my like mental state my physical state i've worked through all that completely different uh with how i view stress um 
But yeah, I mean, I, I would 100% agree with what you said. Like the integrator needs to be able to handle stress really well, mm-hmm. needs to be able to prioritize. And then where I'm at right now is also be able to delegate. Because mm. as you scale, like the integrator can't do everything on their own. Yeah. And that's like the who question, not how. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, I was in the, how do I get this done? You know, how do we implement this in the business, whatever. And um it's such common wisdom, but like, I'm always shocked when you like ask somebody to do something and like they do it better, they do it faster. (laughs) It's less stress on your plate. Like it's just, you know, the better you can delegate, prioritize time management. Like those are all incredibly important for like an integrator to, and if they don't come in with that skill set, I think as long as the entrepreneur or somebody is around to help Mm -hmm. coach or point out the weaknesses and give yeah. them like those those growth opportunities. I think even if a integrator is like pretty junior, like maybe there's somebody in your business currently who you mm-hmm. see that potential in, but they haven't really like proven it. I'd give them the opportunity with some coaching, get a mentor around them and just see if they can't be, you know, that for you. Yep. I, lo- I love it. Dude, let, let me fill in a, a gap really quick. Something popped up in my mind. So uh, let me, we're, we're going to cast Alex's whole kind of progression here. Sure. And I think this, it's probably a pretty good progression that could work for anybody. If you're looking, if you're starting when you're really small and seeing how you can kind of grow someone through, mm-hmm. uh, to really being the person who can run the company. So you start off as the intern, mm-hmm. the first intern. I think we've only had two. The other one came, it was, it was awesome. my buddy. <laughs> that was your buddy from Australia. Yep. Um, and then you were, I don't think we actually had like a title, but later we said, Oh, he's probably marketing manager. Yeah. Once we actually knew what titles we were supposed to do. So he was kind of like the marketing manager for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, we would talk marketing stuff, and then Alex would go and execute it, like be, be behind the slides as I'm actually delivering the presentation or whatever, building all the pages, running the Facebook ads, running the Facebook ads, conversion tests, all the, the fun marketing stuff. Yep, and then he had that that epiphany in Boise when we were there at uh, Fronson's Inner Circle Mastermind. And then I don't remember how long it took, but it took a little bit of time to then transition you out of that, bring in another person, move you over to operations manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember. What did you what did you do as ops manager? Yeah. Well, that was the around the time that we were like, you know, we had things like, you know, OKRs were coming on. Yep. Um, so we were trying to like improve our strategic planning. So it wasn't all just like on Trevor um, and around that time, too. So it was like the project management of it as well in Asana. Mm. And then we knew that there was like, you started just like handing more responsibility over the budget. Mm. So understanding the budget, um, you know, as well, uh, or better than you. And then what was it? 2019. Yeah. It must've been 2019. We said, let's get a people team function Uh, going. So like spin that up. Um, and yeah, we've been growing a bunch since, since there. So ops manager. And and that was kind of, I mean, looking back, it was a catch all role. It was like, anything that kind of needed to get done around the company that was something I wouldn't or couldn't take. It kind of fell into Alex's lap, which then leads us into uh, one of the next transitions and transformations Alex made in his role. Uh, Really realized that we needed someone who couldn't just manage tasks and projects like that was important, but we really needed someone who could kind of run the company, like run the cadence of the company. And, and, and this, this is where I think it's important for us as entrepreneurs to really not look at just what the skill set is of the person right now, uh, but to really look at what is what is the company going to need in a year, in two years, in three years, in four years, and then and then pull back and say, do I believe that this person can get there? And if so, how how long might it take uh, to get them there? And what are the, what's the list of things that we're going to have to work through to get you there? And so, at that point, we had sat down. I'm like, 
you you really as you're building the people team and get the people team at it so now you have employees working underneath you um we moved him to director of operations which i think was still a catch-all role at that point it was like just help us get everything done you yep. took on more of the planning more of that kind of stuff and and then as we stepped into this year um for sure last year as we stepped into 2020 but then as we stepped into this year we're really looking at it going okay alex um then i'm gonna toss it over to you for your for your thoughts and comment but you brought up before that you were really really hyper driven on just getting stuff done right mm-hmm. it was kind of like people pinging stuff over and alex was the guy who's he was the fixer mm-hmm. right you could just get stuff yeah. done and eventually i started to notice i'm like man alex is the fixer for everybody now and now all of a sudden um i am finding myself losing bandwidth again because i really need someone to run the business and not be the guy or gal who can just step in and just solve everything for people and uh how is that how has that shift been for you man from from being the guy who people delegate tasks to and delegate projects to now you having to be a leader and delegate results and projects to people um it's been amazing um i feel so blessed for my time here at carrot because throughout the entire time there's always been you know opportunities to grow Mm -hmm. and um with that you know that my drive or my ambition it's always being like satisfied there's always something like the next thing the next thing the next thing which is fantastic i would i would never me personally would never want to go work at like a corporate job because i just know that that's you know either harder or just non-existent Mm. right so um for me yeah i mean a lot of my identity early on was wrapped up in like being the guy that could complete tasks Mm -hmm. like that's what i thought you know that is value. Like yep. that, that's it. That's my personality. That's my unique ability. And that's probably perfect from like a few employees sure. up to maybe even 20. Right? Yeah. You got to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, you got to get stuff done. You got to move the numbers. Um, very metric driven, analytical, which is my personality type. Um, but I also have an amazing blessing in a, in a dad who's like a leadership coach and he's mm-hmm. been, you know, beating into my head over the last 18 years or whatever, this thing called leadership, right? <laughs> and just very recently I've like realized, oh, okay, I'm starting to see what that is. Mm-hmm. And right. And so for me, in the last six months, I've realized I've had a shift of going from transactional to transformational. I'm not an expert. I still have a long ways to go. But for the first time in my you know, professional and even personal life, I see a different way to like interact with people Mm -hmm. and like do business. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is what some of these like ultra successful people are talking about, right? Um, I mean, just the way I run like one-on-one meetings now, like it's just the way I approach them is so much different. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm slowing down. I'm taking time to like check in on team members, like ask them about, you know, their day or their spouse or their plans coming Mm. up talking to them like how are you feeling about x y and z in the company whereas before it'd be like hey this project's due what are we doing Mm -hmm. next week to get this project done hey this metric's slipping what are we going to do still got to talk about that stuff still important but there's like this whole new um approach right like you had mentioned like being delegated to and now having to refine that um understanding and that Mm. skill to then delegate yeah yeah. Dude, so I want to I want to dive into kind of what what your and I working cadence and relationship is. So so uh, once again, everyone listening to this, watching this, uh, you guys have to have context that each each business has phases, right? There's like the zero to hundred k, and that's probably just you, right? It's it's a person. You can get to a hundred thousand dollars a year in, in a business with just a person. Now with Carrot, we had by that time hundred thousand a year. 
and we had people. I don't know if it was like a support person, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then Chris, uh, my CTO, co-founder, building the thing. But mm-hmm. it wasn't much of us to get to get to that. Um, but then it's 100K to 300K a year. You know, same thing. I think you kind of, you just scale up your lead gen and get your lead gen systems nailed. And you just, you know, for our, our business, might add another support rep kind of a thing. Um, for an investment business, might be adding an acquisition manager or whatever it is. But then from 300K to a million is where the real big jump starts to happen. Stuff starts breaking. Yeah, stuff starts <laughs> breaking, especially if you're growing fast, where we grew like 300% a year, and then it was like 150 to 200% the next year. And and now we're around the, the 30, 25 to 30% a year uh, around that, which when we're a bigger business, eight-figure year business, it's still pretty good growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's the, it's the 300 to a million. You're probably in that phase where you're maybe five to eight, five to 10 people, depending on your business. Um, I know people like Bo Hollis. He's a one one man show with a bunch of contractors, right? Yep. He, he's having like a record month in July, and he's the one one dude. One dude. He finally got an office though last week, which is cool. Awesome. Uh, so there there are there are um, anomalies to this. Okay, it's not it's not a rule. From a million to three million, you know that's where you really need to kind of the same thing. Scale up your delivery of your systems. Um, have people kind of buy you as the founder back more times. So that's when you need your operations manager. Probably at that point, the one to three. Getting from three to ten now is the tricky part. That's where that's where Alex stepped into director of operations. That's where Alex stepped into running more of the cadence. That's where he stepped into running having having a lot more responsibility for owning parts of the company. Um, and now ten to thirty million, you know, that's a much bigger jump. And that's now where we're figuring out well, what does that look like. Right. You know, well, I I need to pull back and be a lot more strategic, which means Alex does as well. Which means now he needs to build a team, got an assistant. Yep. This is the whole thing, right? So. Uh, I kind of leave it with this and I'll toss it over to you. It's one thing I had been realizing, Alex, is, is um, as, as I'm looking around at the leaders, I have to kind of go back to to myself at this at this stage where Carrot, the, we had the number of employees that you guys as leaders have as director of ports, which was 2016 when your dad came in to be my leadership coach. Yep. We had seven, eight, nine people, and I had to learn how to cast vision for the company, create a vision that was written, I had to learn how to start to delegate better. Um, had to like actually get a meeting cadence in place. I wasn't amazing at it, but we had to get something in place. We had to have a plan and a, and a way of managing the projects. And when you kind of look at it in a microwave at each team, you as a team, you have one of the biggest teams in the company now between support services and ops. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh shoot, what does Alex have to do right now? He has to have a written vision for his team and communicate that vision well. He has to feed up to the company. He has to have a good communication cadence with that team. He's got to get one-on-ones nailed. You know, he's got to have a good plan that people can see where it is. It's the same things. Yep. So we're just essentially duplicating that across six, seven, eight leaders to get to 20, 30 million. Right. And you just got to have the right leaders. Um, yep. let, let me let me toss toss this question your way. So uh, what what do you feel what, what do you feel is the hardest thing for your for your job right now? What's the hardest thing? It's a great question. Um, well, currently, I think. Um, you know, I guess this gives a little insight into care too, but I mean, as you grow, I mean, we just hired like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we hired more people in the last like six to eight months than we have in like 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. So there's like this, this two things that are happening, right? We got to figure out the best way to communicate. Some of the ways we used to kind of, I guess, have crutches or skate by on communication aren't mm-hmm. working anymore. So we got to make sure everybody's bought in on the vision, make sure everybody sees how their role connects to the vision. 
making sure you know numbers and and everything are, are are gelling the way we need them to and then the other thing is i think there's you know different personalities different experiences people bringing into the company and um optimizing those right utilizing those i know there's people uh currently at carrot who have a wealth of knowledge that we haven't tapped into yet yeah and so I just see, uh, you know, the, the Jim Collins, right people, right bus. I'm, uh, I love the team we've created here at Carrot. And I think, you know, there's a couple like small moves where we can get like, hey, this idea, get this person sitting over here next to this person, come up with your best idea, mm-hmm. figure out the way to best communicate that over to product, over to um, services. And um, we're going to unlock some pretty cool potential in the business. Yeah. But right now, I think we're still, we're aware of the problem. We just don't see like the, okay, do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. but we're getting there. Dude, it, it, it's hard, man. It, it's hard. Let me switch topics on you. So um, let's say there's a founder, listen to this. It's a real estate investor, agent, someone in the software world, like doesn't matter what it is. And they're going, so how, how the heck do I need to change? And how do I need to serve? Now show up to be able to serve someone who actually can come in and do their job. So looking at me um, and be fully honest, like <laughs> everything, man, looking at me, what, what have I changed and had to change that that made it possible for you to be able to do your best job? Where before I didn't have this, this habit, I didn't have this way of showing up, I didn't have this way of doing whatever, and it made it hard for you to do your job, or it made it impossible for me to coach you to, gotcha. to, to do the best. What are some of those things that I've changed that have made your job more effective in yeah. the company? Um. So I've seen a huge transformation in you, the way you show up to calls, you ask questions. Mm-hmm. So now, as before, it was like, you know, you'd share your ideas. You It was like a idea back and forth kind of thing. And oftentimes the integrator uh, can like leave that call and be like, so what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? Mm-hmm. Um, now you're asking me questions. And oftentimes like, I'm like, oh shoot, like it's either illuminating to me that I don't know, I need to go do some research. Mm-hmm. I need to go pull away and figure that out. Or I'm like, it's building your confidence. Like, oh, he's thought through this and like he has a plan to you know to solve this and I didn't have to give him mm-hmm. um, the answer. So that's one thing that I've, I've definitely noticed. Um, I, I noticed too, like, I mean, I don't know, like and this is not intentional, I think on a lot of founder or entrepreneurs parts, but like you include me on emails now from mm-hmm. the beginning of the convo. And it's like more like, Hey, FYI. And yeah. then I can like track the correspondence like forward. Whereas before it'd be like, Oh shoot, I probably should have CC'd bring you on this. Bring Alex in the, <laughs> yeah. the combo's done, but here's some context for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So I think it's just like definitely way better at delegating, way better at asking questions, way better at just, you know, even like, here's a, here's a simple question. Um, you know, you and I both read that, that coaching habits book, mm. you know, it's like, uh, what specifically, what helped you specifically need from me? Mm. Like, w- what can I do to help you? It's yeah. just, yeah. What's the question, biggest challenge? Yeah. What's your you? biggest challenge right now? What's on your mind? Is there anything else? Is there anything else? Like those kind of questions are, are pivotal to, I think, building trust with whoever you're asking them to showing, expressing confidence in them. Mm. And then, yeah, I mean, just not offering up an answer because maybe they have a better idea yeah. and i think too like I, I will say that um if you are like the 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 man or the woman that's running your um business you have to realize that your thoughts your ideas your communication carries more weight than anybody else yeah. mm-hmm. so if trevor says something to do something at carrot people are going to like be like oh i got to do it because you know that's what the ceo wants yeah. right so just know that and so like ask them to speak first and then if you disagree coach them but hear them first because mm-hmm. they might 
have better thoughts than you dude that that's so big i'm still working on it right like i'm still working working out some of these these habits that worked amazingly well to get us off the ground and to get us through the first million and the first five million and stuff like that but it doesn't work very well when you have a leadership team now you're looking to, to grow and scale um and it's a it's like a muscle mm-hmm. you know where uh you got to work it you got to keep working it. you're, you're going to recognize sometimes when it's hurting and it's not working the way that you hoped and i i, I can definitely attest to that where um, my pattern before every time was to hop on calls and people say, hey, like, how are we going to get to here? I'm like, I already know. It's, yeah. it's already in my brain. It's already figured out. It's like we get to here by doing this. And then it kind of makes it to where everyone else doesn't talk at that point, uh, which isn't the intention. And I'll still catch myself doing it sometimes. And I was like, oh, shoot. Even though I think I'm clear on that, I just bought myself another job is what I just did. Yep. Is because now I'm the strategy guy for all everything within that. They don't have buy-in on it, full buy-in. Uh, because they weren't a part of, of the process of coming up with the idea or I didn't coach them into it. And so now I bought myself a new job being the leader of that thing, even though I don't want to be, and I'm probably going to be the bottleneck in it forever. And that's tricky. That, that's mm-hmm. still that's still a tricky thing that I, I find myself oftentimes hindsight 2020 going, oh, yeah, I just bought myself another job. I should have asked questions and took that monkey off of my back and put it under theirs or kept it on their back instead right. of taking it. A yep. um, couple, couple more thoughts, man. So... Um, you talked about stress and stress management. And so mm-hmm. th- this was probably, you and I have had some hard combos, but I think that's one of the important things with your integrator. You need to be insanely transparent, full yeah. trust. Um, and like the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, at the bottom you have to have full trust yeah. that in, in each other, um, in the ability of that person, uh, the ability of the person to grow. If you, if you don't, then you have to address it because it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, but number two you have to eliminate the fear of conflict early. Um, and I don't know if there's like, can you, can you peg, was there like a moment? Was there anything that we did or have we always had that ability just to communicate fully openly with each other? Uh, I would say it's definitely grown in the last like year, year and a half. Um, it did it like, I mean, of course when you're, you know, starting a relationship, like it's, mm. it's that's just a very hard thing to yeah. like do. But, um, yeah, I mean now it's, it's kind of like, the, you know, before and after, right? Yeah. Like I have no, like, because that trust is so absolute, I have no problem. As long as like he, Trevor and I both know, like we're coming from the right place in the heart. So I can say anything. And even if I say something in like maybe a negative way and I come back, I'm like, Hey, he's like, yeah, I already know. Like it's all good. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, mining for conflict is, is essential. Yeah. I think for sure. So, yeah. So, so mining for conflict and, uh, if, if you don't mind me saying kind of this last fall as we're looking yep. at the next year and the thing that was popping up in my mind is I've been at this this with Carrot for what seven almost eight years if you track it way back before Carrot was Carrot um, and it's the longest I've ever done anything you know it's like before it was always two three four years I, I, it'd be the turn and burn right. cycle like I was on it right because I, I never had a way to find the integrator never had a way to, to build a business it was always idea launch it I don't want to run it idea launch it, I don't want to run it um, and so now as an entrepreneur you, you have to look at it and go well how do I continue to have that within the business um, where you're not having to launch something new, but you're continually building on the same foundation. And, you know, can I, can I relaunch my career in that business? Can I relaunch the level of leader I am? Can I relaunch my work day? Right? And that's kind of what I, I was thinking about coming into this year. I was going, the work day I'd adopted, which is a little bit of a unique experience because um, we were in between marketing directors. So I was running that right. job halfway mediocre, if that. And it was probably a unique pain point, but I'm like, I don't want to have to be in the daily operations of Carrot by the end of 2021. 
Now, for those of you listening, that doesn't mean me stepping away from the company. It doesn't mean me doing any of that. It means the business is in a spot where I don't need to be there daily, um, it, which for me, it's less on what does that mean to Trevor's actual schedule and more on what does that mean to the actual business and its health. And if the business can truly run well and grow without me there every day, it means it has the right leaders, it has the right processes, we have the right vision in place. And then I can do my best work and add my best value and really unleash you guys to do your best work. So that's my thinking behind it. But um, if you're you're cool with it, once you dive into some of the things that we had talked about, the growth opportunities there and uh, just like real hard combos of can you hack it like can you can you can you grow there yeah i mean we'll get we'll get vulnerable we can, we can dive into that um yeah i think i don't remember the exact timing but i actually remember like where i was um was at my parents house coincidentally and yeah we were having that convo which was like you know trevor was saying like what you know he was looking at and and i was like man i don't know if i'm the guy mm-hmm. i was like really just in a bad spot with like stress and just feeling like imposter syndrome and like anxiety and uh you know new dad and mm-hmm. i'm just like oh i just i don't know man like but then um I had some amazing people around me uh talking to me and they're like are you running from something mm-hmm. or are you afraid to run to something oh i got you cool and i was just like yeah i'm just and they're like i've competed my whole life right uh won a national championship in basketball it's mm-hmm. like that thrill of like the unknown and like always having like the goal and going it's like okay I'm going to do it. So yeah, mid 2020, I just dedicated myself to, to reading, cutting out some bad habits. Mm. I had um, saying I'm either going to fail or I'm not, but I'm just going to give it everything, put my head down, do the work and just like live with myself with whatever that outcome is. And so for me, um, you know, I still have a long ways to go, but it's just not being afraid of the failure. And then also just like rededicating yourself to the work it's going to take and realizing too, like this is a lifelong journey, like Mm -hmm. businesses, you know, there are milestones, there are checkpoints, there are, you know, accolades, but end of the day, it's like, we're going to hit the next like growth pain and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff's going to be hard again. And so just looking forward to that, appreciating it. um, That was my big like turnaround, especially with like the stress management, reading some books, understanding like the brain uh, psychology, what's going on with like my my like hormones and then finding just like active ways to like calm down my amygdala it's like okay we don't want cortisol so like what do you got to do do you got to go on a walk do you got to listen to like some music like what do you have to do so you know it's so simple for some people like maybe maybe i'm uh, my personality type is the weirdo but like for me the big unlock with stress management would be like can you control this situation? Mm, yeah. And then is this something you can control within the next 15 minutes or 15 hours? If the answer is no, then you really need to calm down mm. because there's not a whole lot you can actually do in the moment. Yeah. If it's something you can control in the next one year or think about it in your business, one one quarter, okay, well, what's the first step you would have to take to get there? Mm. Write it down. Yeah. Okay, well, I just removed the stress because you just like rationalized it away. And you're mm. like, okay, nothing to do today because I got to wait for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that to me was kind of the unlock on the stress management side, dude. And, and you and I have talked about it a bunch because it was like a drastic change. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was. Tell, tell them about like when I'd show up on calls, right? And yeah, like the dude. nonverbal cues, and like people wouldn't even want to bring me stuff because they're like, "Oh, he's already stressed <laughs> out. I don't want to make this guy like blow yeah. a gasket, dude." And, and that, that's important, right? Because you know, for me in my growth as well, like you were saying before, being the CEO, um, and and it does apply to your role now too, right? Uh, but being the CEO, uh, everything you do is magnified. Yep. Um, I don't remember who said it, but it's like 
um, I don't know, I'm going to butcher it. Everything's magnified. Let's go with that. And so when, when, when that's the case, it's not just what you say. It's, it's how you show up on a call. If you're, if you're in a bad mood and you're not feeling it, you can't let that show. Like mm-hmm. You just can't because now that we have almost 50 employees, if I do that, where 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 do people start to their, where do their minds go yep. shoot is there something wrong with trevor is there something wrong with the company yeah. you know like whatever it is and then they start to run with it um and so it's not a false positivity it's a recognizing okay i've got a lot to be grateful in mm-hmm. yeah there's some things we got to tackle there's some things i got to grow in i'm going to do exactly what you mentioned here. i'm going to put them into context i'm going to put them over here i'm going to remove some of that pressure but i'm going to show up for the people in front of me um, and recognize that everything I do is going to get magnified. And so Alex had a, had a, had a pattern that I would never call. He had it for years. I would just never call it out because I didn't need to. Right. At that time, the, the habits and patterns you had and the habits and patterns I had worked just fine to get us where we were. Mm-hmm. But uh, going into 2020, 2021, we started to look at our goals and went, oh, shoot, if we want to get here, those habits and patterns will no longer work. Mm-hmm. Those will no longer get us where we want to go. Trevor now has to show up in this way because the way he was showing up won't work. Uh, Alex now has to show up this way because the way he was showing up won't work. And if, if that if that's the case, something has to change. And if we, if we look at me, and I've done podcasts on this before, it's either I've got to intentionally change my habits and patterns. Yep. Uh, I've got to find a new CEO who can be the person. So my job's, you know, just as much as anyone else's, if this company is better suited by another person to be the CEO, I'll be the first one to say um and agree to it if i feel like i can't get there um but then but then the the last thing is or you like sell the thing right mm-hmm. and every time every time that would cross my mind where things are getting hard i'm like man should i just sell this thing i'm like well you know only for three reasons you would sell it fomo fear of missing out is there like a unique market timing that's once in a lifetime and you'll never get it back okay uh, which is legit. Number two is you don't believe in the vision anymore, the purpose, the mission of the company, which I do more than ever. And then number three is you just don't like your job right now. Like yeah. you don't like the weekly job that you've had. And for too many weeks in a row, like Steve Jobs says, you look at it and go, I just need to change it. I don't like it. And so anytime I've got to those spots, it's always that, man, I bought myself a job again that in this phase of six weeks, I'm not as pumped about it and I need to change it again. Um, but Alex would show up to calls uh, and it might be something I would say, or oftentimes it was something I would say. I, I would maybe, in my mind, not realize it, but I was changing course or add something like I'd already approved something, but now I had extra context. And then I would say something else that contradicted what we had already agreed on. But now I have extra context. So for me, it sounded right. relevant. And then Alex would kind of like sit back and he'd like put his hands over his face. And, <laughs> and you could just completely tell all of his energies went like poof, yeah. on the floor. And uh, no one on the leadership team would mention it, but you could tell they all felt it. And in that moment, you know, where I realized, man, I've got to be a better leader. It wasn't it wasn't me looking at Alex and going, he's not sufficient. It was me looking at myself going, man, I have to be the type of leader who can help our people grow. And if I can't step in and have that uncomfortable conversation and create some healthy conflict, then I can't be the type of leader that's going to get us where we need to go. Right. And so I, I looked at it more from that perspective is what do I need to change about myself? And so we had the conversation and and um, we had the open dialogue of us being able to bring it up. And I'm like, is it okay if I bring it up every time I see it? And he's like, yeah, so I would. And then it it stopped, which was really cool. And it, it, everyone noticed. Yeah. Everyone noticed the energy. The scores on our meetings started to go up um, and everything. So yep. it's so it's so cool, man. I'm so proud of the way that you've. I appreciate adjusted it. and transformed. I want to piggyback on that on a couple of things. So, um, 
yeah, one is doubling down, like you attract the energy that you put out, right? And number two would be kind of going back to what we mentioned at the beginning of this is when you're, if you're looking for an integrator or just somebody to come alongside you, um, Trevor gave some coaching and, you know, I, I had two options. I could have either been like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll try it. But if somebody's fundamentally willing to like analyze themselves and change and grow and like be pushed in that way, it tells you that they can like keep up with you and like scale, yeah. right? So I would say, you know, getting somebody like initially that can do the tasks is great. And then as you kind of see those opportunities to coach them, just make sure that they're willing to kind of keep up and mm. take that, um, those opportunities and, and yeah. always looking for them to improve. And I think that's like, kind of a nuance or a tweak it's gonna be hard right mm-hmm. like you're not gonna know when you first hire somebody if they have that ability yeah. but you'll know you know a couple of years in and um and if it makes sense um you know for them to continue growing with you so yeah i just wanted to kind of call that out as well that yeah it's now like i think i fundamentally believe everybody wants to show up to their job and do an amazing job mm-hmm. like there's very few people out there who are just okay coasting by now i know that's probably like well i know quite a few people okay sure yeah. but to have a leader like trevor who's willing to call out faults give you the opportunity give you the coaching give you the time the space the resources whatever you need to improve like i would just strongly encourage everybody listening to like be that leader mm-hmm. like this week find one person on your team where you can like give them a slight tweak on their behavior their actions and just see how they respond. And I think that'll speak volumes. Dude, and, and, and it's hard. And here's something I want to I want to jump on what you mentioned there is I think it's it's, it's easy. We, we're going through this here at Carrot too, right? Where it's easy as a leader to see someone not performing the way that you want and talk to them about it, right? Like have some good talks about it, but then them, them not get there and go, well, it's them. Right. And, and that's something that maybe it is, right? Maybe it is that person that they're just not able and willing to step up and grow at the pace that you need them to grow to do that job. And that's, that's legit and that happens a lot. Um, but also what I challenge you as leaders to do <clears throat> is what Alex had mentioned is ask, have I truly coached them well, right? <clears throat> like what if I would have kept letting, letting you show up to calls like that? And then the confidence of the other leaders started to go down uh, about you, which made you even you know less confident on your work. And then because of that, I'm making stuff up. And then people would start coming to me and making some comments. And then it's like, oh, shoot, Alex, I don't think you're capable of this. So let's move you over here. Or in that case, you probably would have went and did your own thing, right? But like, like you were saying, it's knowing and, and, and seeing, hey, number one, does this person have a core values match? Like, are they amazing core values match? Number two... Can, can I see them growing in this way? And what tests can I throw at them? And so in, over the years, I've always thrown tests at you. Mm-hmm. Um, like that one webinar thing, it wasn't an intentional test. In hindsight, it was like, oh, that was a test. I wasn't meaning, it was just un, it was disorganization is what it was. Sure. But um, it was a test to go, oh, that guy can handle things like this fast and he gets them done. Okay, well, I'll give him some more responsibility now. Or as you, as you grew into director of operations, it was like, hey, Alex, um, all this finance stuff that I've only always been the guy who always t- hopped on and I've always been the guy who's hopped on with our CFO every week and no one else has. And I've always been the guy that handles any of this finance stuff and budget conversations. Uh, man, like what if you were to do that stuff? And it took about a year probably, mm-hmm. but I don't do that stuff now. I, I look at the reports. I'll dig in and ask some questions if I if I kind of get a sense that we need more clarity, some spot where I want to kind of pressure test it to see sure. how far we really did get into the strategy of that. And then I'll go, oh, cool. He did think about those things. Cool. Check the box. Builds more confidence. Um, but as a leader, definitely see get a gauge for their their core values set, their gauge, a gauge for are they willing to do this? And you've got to test them. 
and then give them honest coaching, honest coaching, test them, honest coaching, honest coaching, test them. And there's things now that if we were to look back two years that you own, that were things I always owned, yep. that we would have looked back or we would look ahead and like, no, oh, there's no way. You know, there's no way that Alex is going to have all the finance calls. Now the whole finance department's underneath <laughs> Alex's team. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where two years ago, he was never touching anything finance related. And he's the guy that looks at all the P&Ls. He's the guy that has the finance team underneath him. He um, runs and owns the support team, the services team, um, the ops team, like like all those things. And so um, that happened in two years, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is. Thinking back, like, it feels, what, what's the saying? Like, days are, days are short, or years are long and days are short. Other way around. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think back. But yeah, I mean, when you're in the moment or in like the... Um, the, the weeds, the trenches, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just encourage people to like pull up, look back, look forward and appreciate and be grateful for um, all the things you have yet to accomplish and all the hard stuff mm-hmm. ahead, but also just, yeah, I mean, all the growth you have, man, that's, that is crazy to think yeah. about, especially on the finance side, for sure. Dude, so a couple more questions and we'll wrap this. Um, books, I mean, you're a big reader, I'm a big oh, reader. Oh, yeah. So if, if there was a CEO or an integrator listening to this, but a CEO and saying, hey, what are the books I should give? My person, we've got a team of five to 15 and that's a big range, but you know, what, what, let's say one to three books should they give them? Okay. Um, one is ego is the enemy. Mm -hmm. I always recommend that book, but I would encourage them to read it and see what they think. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you should be careful that the integrator I think doesn't want that, you know, spot like they want it like the you know the CEO alliance which I'm a part of like we talk a lot about in there like you are there to serve the CEO you're there to serve the company and the mission you're not looking for the spotlight like you're not trying to be out front um, you prefer to be behind the scenes or facilitating so the CEO can be you know recognized for the, for the growing the company mm-hmm. so have them read ego is the enemy see where their ego or see what they think about ego yep. right and kind of do a check there uh five dysfunctions of a team it was it's been one of the more recent books that i've read it's a good one man I'm perhaps it's like the phase every day yeah perhaps every it's the phase we're in but like i'm looking at it outside of like business too and i'm mm-hmm. like talking to my friends i'm like okay so i have trust and like we don't really talk about hard stuff mm-hmm. you know i'm like looking at um so I, I would say five dysfunctions of a team is any honestly any patrick lencioni book yeah. i pull so many nuggets out of his books and they're all business fables so mm-hmm. it feels like you're cheating when you're reading it <laughs> Because it's easy. Um, I mean, those are the two right now. Um, the other one, Radical Candor, we're doing that as a book club. And this is my second time reading it. I like it a lot because it's like framework driven. So if you want something that, you know, maybe you're feeling like the pressure uh, internally, like convos aren't being had or like communications, like um, not as clear as it could be, like pull that up and just like mm. start stealing some of those frameworks. Uh, Radical Candor is a good one. Um, anybody who's, I guess, interested in leadership should always start with uh, developing the leader within you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's my dad's like strong recommendation as well. Oh, and then, sorry, one more. Like I said, I love books. Uh, the seven co- uh, coaching habits or the seven coaching yep. questions or whatever. I can't remember the author's name, but... My- Michael Bungie Stanger or something like there that. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I think he's Australian. But yeah, um, yeah if you're looking to um, grow your ability to like coach and ask like good questions, there's seven questions. He gives the psychology behind them. He kind of gives a case study or an um, example, like lists out his sources, which I like really appreciate mm-hmm. uh, my analytical brain. But yeah, those are just some uh, that are coming to mind right mm-hmm. now. I like it. Those are good ones. Uh, last question, man, then we'll wrap this up. And it's it's been a blast just kind of diving in with, with yeah. you. And so Alex doesn't live in Roseburg, by the way. So you guys might yeah. be thinking, well, does, <laughs> does the person need to be on site? 
uh, it'd probably make it easier. I mean, it would, it would definitely Frank, make it right? easier. Oh yeah. It, it, sure. It'd be easier for sure. But, uh, he lives a few hours away and we make it work. And it's first time he's been down here in a while with yeah. the pandemic and stuff. So pumped to have you down here, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in, in, in closing, uh, where do you want to go from here? Like what, what are your aspirations professionally? Um, where do you want to go from here three years from now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean this, this journey I'm on already with like the transformational leadership, um, I want to grow in that as much as I have over the last two years. Uh, I want to get better at, at coaching people. Um, there was a, this event I was at, uh, the, the guy leading, it was like, Hey, who here thinks they're great at delegation? And like 20% of the room raised their hand. And then he's like, keep your hand up. If you've, uh, trained or taught somebody how to delegate really well, or is better than you, nobody raised their hand. Mm. I'm like, so that's the, I want to be the guy that's raising his hand, that keeps raising his hand. So all the stuff I'm learning, um, I want to see me able to like pass it on or have people be like, Oh yeah, Alex taught me this about Mm -hmm. that. And, and, um, just see it light up other people. Like it has me. Yeah. I love it. There you go. I love it, man. Well, dude, I, I appreciate the time and appreciate you as a as a friend and, and business partner too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be awesome and crazy and all the stuff that goes with it. Just kind of seeing where where we end up going as a business, but also uh, your friendship. I'm I'm uh, so pumped to see where where you go as uh, an operator, as a father, as a husband, and yep. man of faith, and uh, this. This phrase keeps on popping up to me. Uh, Seth and I and Brady are studying First James a lot right now. Like, nice. literally, we have most of First James memorized. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like legit memorized. And so the part of it that, that pops up is is um, count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet trials of various kinds. And it mm. talks about um, you know the testing of that faith creates steadfastness and makes you perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And and in the trials that we have in business, you know, it's never always going to be smooth sailing. We're going to have amazing days. You're going to have amazing moments. You might have amazing weeks or maybe even amazing months. But um, uh, you're never going to have every single day be amazing. Every right. single week isn't going to be amazing. There's going to be trials. And so having someone to ride alongside with like you, um, having someone who is equally as committed to growing as a person, um, is really important and it helps me a lot and, and it gives me gives me a lot of confidence knowing that that you know we're going into into battle together and that i can push you and you can push me that uh you know when 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 i talk about how fast i need to grow where i need to grow and then it 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 pulls you up with and yep. i know you're up for the challenge but also vice versa where you challenge me and go hey uh, like this is where you need to get better at trevor because it's making things harder for us and so I just count it all joy, man. It, it's uh, hard to sometimes, but count it all joy when we go through these trials together. And appreciate you leading the way through and being being the leader that you are, man. So thank you. Appreciate it, Trevor. Thank you so much, man. Oh, for sure. So guys and gals, what I want you guys to do is this is our second episode where it's kind of, or third, I guess, where it's deep in behind the scenes of Carrot talking to the people right around me. Uh, let me know. Let me know in the, in the YouTube comments box. Um you know, if, if you're new to Carrot and you found us through a YouTube search or something like that for context, we're a you know, multiple eight-figure year company, a remote um, workforce software company. About 10 of us are here locally. Um, and so this can work from small to large, larger companies. But let us know what other types of roles you'd love to hear 
or have me bring from behind the scenes in our company to put in this hot seat, you know, <laughs> uh, Brady on the, on the content side or you know, in, anybody else from around the company that you would love to have here uh, that would add value to your business so you can see uh, how to you know, run that, how to have those relationships. So appreciate you, man. Guys, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and check out the executive assistant episode just like this where I dive in with Jen, my exec- executive assistant, shoot, nine years now, which is crazy. Yeah. And how, how she's grown and how she's continuing to grow. Uh, her and I had a good, a really good challenging conversation earlier in the week with our one-on-one uh, about her growth path moving forward. And uh, I'm always excited when people accept that challenge, which she has. So it's been fun, guys. Hit us with a comment below. Awesome. Thanks, man.